0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Covenants. My name is Dr. Michael David Clay. With me, Carolyn Barnett. Covenants is co sponsored, which means mutually two sponsors by the Word House Incorporated Focus Consultation Services, uh, as well as Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministries.
1: Are you awake? <laughs> I
0: think so. Uh, But should our listeners by this point not have been awakened by that, may I just remind them what really all those co-sponsors are about? Helping people, (laughs) right? It is. It's about helping people. And it's about us being not only on the radio, but we also have a podcast and... uh, With that then, we have a Facebook, and should you be listening to us on the radio, you can go to the Facebook and get the podcast, and should you be listening on the podcast, now you know we're on the radio uh, at WEMM out of Huntington, West Virginia, and you can find them at 107.9 on the World Wide Web, and I think you can stream it.
1: Think. Yes,
0: I believe so. Yes. I don't know if we sound any better streaming <laughs> versus <laughs> broadcast but, or podcast, but if you are inclined to do such, there's plenty of ways to get a hold of us or at least to catch the program and get a hold of us because we have a Facebook page. Right, we've got
1: some new listeners. I've had some people tell me they some likes,
0: thumbs up, listening kind of,
1: to our podcast,
0: some thumbs up, something like that. And uh, with that, we have email address that Carolyn will give uh, our listeners, everyone out there in uh, radio and podcast land, at the end of the broadcast. And we have, <clears throat> excuse me, an email address.
1: Would you like me to give
0: it? No, we'll wait to <laughs> the podcast. Broadcast. Okay. Carolyn. Yes, sir. There is this, I guess you'd call him a minor prophet, but he did some major things. Okay. Uh, and I mentioned this to you before, but I don't like talking to you much before the broadcast or before we record the broadcast slash podcast because I want this all to be sort of fresh. Mm-hmm. and know, I, I like it. I like it when your mind is right there and you're, you're really um, thinking and I, the, the gears are turning, right? And you're okay. thinking with the, the radio and, again, podcast audience and all that. And so I don't give you too much ahead of time. But we've talked about Micaiah. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm pronouncing that right, although who knows? That's <laughs> with, how I pronounce with, it. With Hebrew names, so right. <laughs> who knows sometimes. Uh, but there is a story about Jehoshaphat and uh, Ahab. And at that particular time there, were, there was there were uh, two kingdoms uh, comprising what traditionally what Jacob when he was named was changed to Israel, uh, what Jacob was given uh, and uh, the house of David held on to or possessed until all that stuff that happened with David and then the kingdom was rent in two and there was then Judah and Israel. Ahab, Israel. Jehoshaphat Judah. Uh, what was the difference? <laughs> I don't know if it was good and evil. And that's the whole point, right? It's confusing. It gets confusing. I don't know if the name's confusing, but all the family relationships are confusing. But I guess that's just how families are.
1: Especially when they have the same name and they, they name, there's generations of the same name and you're trying to figure out who's who. and Well,
0: even in the family, I mean, there's all kinds of differences. There seems to be great divides. There seems to be all sorts of division that might exist within any particular family at any particular moment. Now, overall, hopefully overall, it doesn't split the family apart. They can stay together. You know, they function. And I suppose that Micaiah had a role in that. Jehoshaphat had, as would be with David, Mm -hmm. heart after God's. He would have been one of those men after God's own heart. Eh, but not so much Ahab. And Ahab actually and Judah in this particular moment had not had the best of histories in the sense that even they too had warred against each other. The different houses of Israel had won against each other. So the question of Micaiah and particularly Jehoshaphat and Ahab all being together... How did this all kind of happen? It was because somebody was trying to mend the fence, so to speak, or make reconciliation. Now, of course, Jehoshaphat being the man after God's own heart, that would probably then suggest Jehoshaphat was the one most likely to lead this. But Ahab was being kind of nice at the time. And part of the reason he was being nice was, I think, they had a common enemy, Or at least Ahab had an enemy that was more eminently so a problem for him. And with that, needed some help. (laughs) Was it wrong for Jehoshaphat to help Ahab? And of course, the answer to that question is, if you know the Bible, no, no, not really, but maybe more long-term, not in the immediate sense. But long-term, yeah, it was probably a problem. But it's sort of like gets back to that notion of division in families. Do you just walk away? Do you separate? Do you say, ha uh especially if somebody is like, treated you badly? And again, I'm sure all of us have had a family member whether they intentioned to do that unintentionally, whether it was during a good time or a bad time in their life, hopefully it was bad times so they have at least some excuse for why they did that to you. They just didn't care. They were selfish, self-indulgent. I mean, there's all kinds of things to be said for sibling rivalry even. I don't know if all wars originate from sibling rivalry, <laughs> but or at least that dynamic, but it does seem like you could probably make at least somewhat of a case Jacob and Esau. (laughs) Yeah, or just the whole world, right? I mean, it all starts with Cain's killing Abel and Mm -hmm. there's sibling rivalry, and then it all kind of ensues from that. Hmm. Well, that's...
1: I hadn't really thought about it like that, but it strikes me how they are so quick to form these alliances with their enemies if they think they're going to get gain out of it. I mean, it's only one question, you know, Do you want to go to war with me (laughs) to fight these people? And then all the things that they hated about them is dropped so they can form their little alliance to achieve their goal. Which, uh, you know, militarily makes sense, but um, it's interesting how their motives change at the drop of a hat.
0: Those old kings and leaders. And I think the Bible encourages us to forgive. Mm Mm-hmm. And to turn the other cheek, especially in New Testament context. Right. But you know, <laughs> and not that this was completely thought out, but I did think about that. I thought, well, but you know, even in the New Testament, there's a lot to be said for families and division, and even Jesus mm-hmm. saying that he's come to divide. And that would be a division. At a lot of levels. It could be fathers against the son, mother against the daughter, daughter against the mother, the mother uh, and father, maybe even against each other. Uh, and this was again for those folks that are really detailed folks in Luke chapter 12. So it, it isn't that division itself is evil and there's probably a place, a point, a moment when you get to and you say, you just can't do it. I mean, that's probably the whole thing about heaven and hell, right? God would not want any to go to hell, but there's probably a point where you get to the place where God says, well, you make your own choice and that's what you're going to do. You can't hang out with me anymore. You can't have fellowship. You can't mm-hmm. be part of the family in that way. hmm now, I there's, yeah, I know that there's some doctrinal thing in there somewhere. Somebody's chasing it that I really, at this point, completely unawares of. Or it's just struck me that there's a doctrinal point somewhere. But I don't know that I want to chase down doctrine. I just want to capture this idea, though, that if somebody doesn't change their heart, you can keep going back and you'll probably at least try to fulfill the Word of God with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But if they keep rejecting of that or if they fall into such a state of apostasy there's nothing you can do with them then you probably need to register that at some level and say, I love you especially if you're family I love you, but I can't hang out with you anymore because you and I are not on the same page but even as I say that does that sound right to you? division Division. and the Bible having an element of division because we always think of the Bible is, oh, we just stay with them, keep them together. You know, we can bear each other's burdens, extremes. Ahab was an extreme guy in the sense of the burdens, and with that, God did relieve Judah of that, as we will thankfully. find out by the time the podcast <laughs> is over. Yes, thankfully. But at the same time, though, Jehoshaphat was kind of going back into it again. Division, to me,
1: aligns with God. Um, And you say, well, how's that? You know, God's a God of love and, you know, full circle and things like that. But I think about creation, day and night, and man and woman, and there's an order. God is a God of order. He's not the author of confusion. So to me, division sort of aligns with God in that... That's sort of how He operates. Like, things are in a place where they're supposed to be for a reason. So, it's never random. You know, the sovereignty of God is greater than our understanding of how things are supposed to be. But, to me, division is not necessarily a negative thing. To me, it sort of goes along with how God
0: operates. Well, you have to put Does that the... that sense? Yes, you have to put the rightly... In front of it. Mm -hmm. Rightly divide. Yes. Yes. yes, To
1: rightly divide the word.
0: Piercing to the dividing even asunder of soul and spirit and joint and morrow. Mm -hmm. Because there is a division. There has to be because there are rules. And when you live in a world of rules, then there's plenty of of obviousness, I think, to the distinctions at times. This is what you do, and how do you know that? Because this is not what you do. Or this is what you've done and it didn't work, so don't do that again, so try this. And if it works, then that draws the distinction between the two. And, And that should be, as I'm kind of presenting it, pretty absolute, pretty black and white.
1: Well, I think that speak. I just happened to think about it because when you describe it, it sounds sort of um, harsh, you know. Rules, mm. you know, sort of like strict. Mm. And lest we see him as some strict taskmaster, you know, you didn't obey the rules. Um, yeah, he is just, but it's. I'm thinking of um, truth and grace. I'm thinking of speak the truth in love. Jesus was the master at that because he did not deny the truth but he did it in love. So even that is, you know, even there's a a balance, a division of that.
0: So if you get the rep for being a person that always trashes you, talks bad about you, is always calling out your deficiencies, is always telling you that you are wrong, and this person would also happen to be somewhat of a seer or prophetic, Mm -hmm. and this person, unfortunately, unfortunately, also had a reputation as just that, somebody who's been right all along. I know people like that. Do you do you <laughs> stop calling them in? Do you try to go under the radar? Do you try to avoid them? Yeah. Do you even <laughs> try to kill them? And to Ahab's credit, whether he had no intention to or whether he had just yet to find the right opportunity or been successful enough, Micaiah was a thorn, as the Bible would describe it, Ahab's flesh Mm -hmm. because he kept telling him you're wrong and Ahab convinced himself I believe genuinely so and maybe tried to convince everybody else this guy just doesn't like me he always prophesies against me (laughs) rather than saying you know maybe I ought to listen to what he says And maybe I ought to pay enough attention and maybe I ought to make some concessions, corrections, make some adjustments maybe, so that I can get this thing right. Now, forgiveness works, and I don't think Jehoshaphat was entirely himself selfish. I mean, I think he was just, he had a, I mean, Jehoshaphat was pretty wealthy. I mean, they were doing pretty good under him. He was a bad again, I believe you could say, under after God's own heart. Uh, not everything was perfect, but very rarely is it. But I think his intention was to do the right thing, and God was blessing him and Judah for that. That as well as, as he had promised David, which really was a promise to David, but God knew all along all right. what was going to happen. So he's just kind of telling David himself Mm -hmm. in a prophetic sort of way Mm -hmm. what was going to happen. But Ahab just kept being defiant. Ahab just kept lying. And Ahab was a con man. I mean, certainly all this stuff about Syria, and that's where they were meeting, and that's what that was all about, go up against the king of Syria, and will we have victory? Uh, Because at that particular point, Israel was like in a bad way with a lot of folks. And Jehoshaphat just had mercy. Now, was that God working through Judah trying to be merciful against Israel? I think you could say that. Was it Jehoshaphat just being a man after God's own heart, trying to be nice to Ahab? I think you could say that, person to person, man to man. Was it a house divided, the same family? And this notion that somehow you don't... I mean, it's your family. You just don't walk away from family. You just don't turn your back on family, you just don't say, well, you know, they've never ever really had the right motive in their heart because they keep doing the wrong things, that's one way of doing it. And then they never say they're sorry until they want something. So you just never do that. And you could probably make a case for that. But I think that is probably where we need to draw the line. Because I think you have to make a case for that at some level, or are we all go to hell. Lest there be a civil war. Well, and with that, and and you're still thinking about men's, right? Making amends. I think, though, lest we all go to hell, maybe civil war is part of the punishment of that. Well,
1: I'm thinking family will end up eventually attacking each other. Yeah. End up killing each other.
0: But I don't want to go to hell. Mm -hmm. Or if I've got to live hell, I'd prefer to live hell now. Mm -hmm. If that's part of it, right, is to watch something so precious, something that God promised something that if you had any history, if you had any memory of history, was so beautiful when Solomon took it over and God blessed. And, and even so, Jehoshaphat, I'm sure, was aware of more of that blessing than Ahab. But you wouldn't want it to end, right? I mean, you wouldn't want it to fall apart. You wouldn't. But if it, you don't know where the line is, It's going to take you down with them. Mm -hmm. Now we had a guest, which unfortunately, let's all put the sad emoji up today. (laughs) Our guest, due to reasons beyond their control, and certainly beyond our control, can not be with us this morning. Or this afternoon, this evening, when we're taping, or recording, not taping, but recording in the morning. But, at the same time, our guest on the last podcast, slash broadcast, was saying she was in Chronicles. And they were good kings and bad kings and good kings and bad kings. Mm -hmm. Until finally Judah as well as Israel fell prey. Because you can't keep hanging out and doing that without some sort of significant change. Or you're all going to go down. Mm -hmm. But when you draw that line, it's harsh. Mm -hmm. It looks harsh and it could create, as you were saying, I'll give back to you with that thought, civil war.
1: And don't you think that just lends to the idea of healthy boundaries? And drawing that line may be harsh, but sometimes it's necessary lest we go down with them, and that's not good for anybody. So we have to we have to
0: draw a line. Well, in counseling terms, we call that codependency, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is that you just got drug addicts and their families? How many times do you save the addict? Can you ever really, with any kind of good conscience, good heart, say, Well, I can't save them anymore. If I go any further into this mess with them, I'm going to lose my ability to discern or distinguish right from wrong mm-hmm. and they're going to take me down with them. Now, you can say, well, I'm going to die for them like Jesus did. But the Bible does make that distinction that only Jesus could die for somebody because it was rightly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: righteously, all part of God's plan to make that distinction, that separation between those that, are going, that will remain with Him in a heavenly dimension versus those that are going to go to hell. But at the same time, though, families really aren't in the best position when you got a drug addict and you're a family member or a spouse or a significant other or just a friend. You have to know where the line is. Now, fortunately, I do believe God gives you instructions. Micaiah, where, yeah. the, where the line is. And
1: sometimes people don't want to listen to those instructions. That's what makes it hard is when, especially, especially when you know it's from God... And then you really want to listen, but then you don't necessarily want to listen. <laughs> because well, we want to do what we want to do.
0: Ahab Ahab included. It was already <laughs> sure that whatever come out of Micaiah's mouth, and when Jehoshaphat suggested, is there a prophet of God, <laughs> besides all your advisors, Ahab, is there a prophet of God that we could seek? Is there God's Word that we could find? Is there some oracle, some place that we can go that we know? I said earlier had a reputation Mm -hmm. for knowing the Word of God and speaking truth. Why don't we ask Him? And Ahab, in the instant that that was brought up, said, No, He always speaks badly about me. Mm -hmm. He's got something against
1: me. Exactly. Sometimes we don't want to hear the truth, and that divides us because we sort of pull back and separate.
0: We'll go back and dig our our trenches, I guess, entrenched. I thought of trenches, entrenched, even more in our darkness. We just don't want to be exposed to the light. And Micaiah knew that because he said. (laughs) When they finally went, because I guess Ahab realized he wasn't going to get Jehoshaphat's help, if he didn't cooperate at some level, when they finally went, and uh, by the way, all of Ahab's advisors are saying, yeah, it'll work out, Ahab, why not? They were just a boatload of yes persons. Mm -hmm. Men, I guess if there'd been women, women, they were just all going to tell him what he wanted to hear, because that's also something that kind of goes along with the darkness. Mm -hmm. It's denial. Darkness, denial, didn't want f- to face the truth. Will, uh, help you. But Micaiah said, Yes, if I come, I'm going to mm-hmm. speak the truth. Mm-hmm. And Ahab didn't want that. But the bizarre thing, I love that word bizarre, the odd thing, though, about that was when Micaiah came and he did speak to the question of should they go up against the Syrians. And the king, which I believe was Jehoshaphat, that asked him first, and Micaiah said, yes, go up against the Syrians and you'll have victory. And he even kind of talked a bit about what that was going to look like. But at the same time when it come to Ahab, Micaiah didn't change that necessarily. They were to go up. But Ahab said, oh no, he's just trying to trick us. Right? And in some ways, even when Ahab said that, Micaiah sort of said, no, I'm not about trickery. What I'm about though is there's a distinction between good and evil. And unfortunately, Ahab, I can't prophesy, even though you're in the same house, even though you're adjoined to Jehoshaphat, not only by family, but by some extension, Jehoshaphat's forgiveness, God's trying to redeem Israel one more time, an opportunity. Ahab is going like to turn out so well for you. Now, did Ahab go up to Samaria or against Samaria? Yes. Assyria is what it was, I think. But did he go up against Assyria? Yes. But at the same time, did it turn out as well for him?
1: Oh boy, I was just looking up, reading about um, Ahab. And... (laughs) Uh, He had 232 um, officers under him that were, um, you know, all listening to everything he said. And you were right, they were the yes men. So in his, it kind of comes to my mind sort of a fear. I don't know if you would agree with that or not. But he tended to surround himself with people that was going to agree with him. And I'm thinking that he was afraid to face the truth, so he wanted his backup support of people that would agree with him, so he didn't really have to face what was really happening. And, you know, of course he was selfish and evil, very evil, but...
0: He was not a man after God's own heart.
1: No, but I think... Underneath of all that, I think he was, you know, the original sin. I think he was selfish, but it's almost like he was afraid and he was a, almost afraid. And that came out like in the anger of Micaiah. He, you know, what's he gonna say? Yeah, he always said, Yeah, directed about at me. Micaiah. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, well, they hit him.
0: His one of those 232 or whoever was there uh, smacked him. I forgot about that <laughs> in the face. Uh, Yeah,
1: and so sometimes, you know, we need that uh, wake-up call, maybe. (laughs) Somebody to smack us upside the head. (laughs) Yes. I heard somebody say that the other day about the Lord.
0: Would you rather him speak to you through somebody? Would you rather him smack you upside the head? Well, and and isn't that what all that's about, too, is that all that, that Micaiah had testified against, so to speak, or stood in testimony, part of a testimony against Ahab, was all going to come to fruition in this moment. It had all been building. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like harsh, like all of a sudden God or whatever, a person, God would use a person to have vengeance against somebody. Mm -hmm. It's the codependency though. It's the people who think they're going to get away with it. Mm -hmm. The people who continue to manipulate, who continue to have selfishness. And it's not just selfishness. It's indulgent. Mm It's, it's at some point believing that you can get away with anything. You can say anything. Above you Above the law. Yes, you're above the law.
1: Mm-hmm. I think Ahab thought he was there.
0: Yes. And with that then, all this was just the right, righteous, mm-hmm. right way to divide. Mm-hmm. Because that's what God does. God gives you plenty of opportunities to know the law. What's the law? The grand law? The royal law? is certainly to love one another. But the idea, though, is all of that is is established in knowing what love is. But if you don't know what love is, if your interpretations of love is anything more to the human than it would be to the divine, or it would not be reestablished in you through Christ Jesus and the Word of God, whether it's Micaiah or as with Jesus, the ultimate, the prophecy fulfilled, then you're going to end up manipulating the situation becoming quite good at it. Mm-hmm. Not that only that situation, but a situation in general. But all situations that are part of that. Because your selfishness is going to predominate. And you're going to end up like Ahab. And eventually, there comes a point of divide. The great gulf. Mm-hmm. There is always going to be a great gulf that divides. I don't want it. I mean, if you ask me, I, no, I wouldn't want that. I certainly wouldn't want to be on the rich man's side of the gulf. I'd want to be in the bosom of Abraham. I want to be Lazarus. But at the same time, there's going to be a gulf, and I'm thankful for that, because at some point, I just get tired of being, feeling like I'm that person that this other individual feels entitled to continue to misuse and mistreat. Now you say, well, that's selfish. Yeah, but you know, you could only probably take so much of that because we're not Jesus. You know, and, and I know that I'm speaking in rather practical sort of terms, but you know, I couldn't go to that cross. It's just too much for me to bear the entirety of that. I have to at some point. I'm not going to, I'm going to turn the other cheek, but I'm going to walk away. I am not going to continue to be exposed to that. Now, maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's right. I guess it all depends on where you are in that Sequence of that, that kind of timeline of mm-hmm. abuse or being mistreated or taken for granted or used in some sort of bad way. I don't know if, I, if that's the right way to describe it. But you finally just get to the point where you say, I can't be codependent anymore. Mm-hmm. It's between you and God now. And even though Jehoshaphat didn't say that, I think he should have said that, Mm -hmm. or at least been aware of that. Maybe he was. But maybe in his innocence, that was the whole point. God did send Micaiah to make sure Ahab knew that the Assyrians, I do believe I got that right, the Assyrians. I hope I didn't mess that up throughout the whole program called the Samaritans. I think (laughs) I said... No, you said Assyrians. Yes. But the idea, though, is that Ahab knew his time had come. How do I know that? Because even in all of that, even in going up against the Assyrians with Jehoshaphat, which maybe he felt like he had no other option because they were going to come down and get him, whatever it was, you know, that was the final, he was still tricking, trying to deceive. Mm-hmm. Here, Jehoshaphat, you wear all the kingly garb, you look like the royalty, and I'll just kind of <laughs> wear the peasant stuff. <laughs> the normal stuff, and they won't recognize me, All right. they'll come after you. <laughs> and when you're dead, then we'll do whatever we have to do because I can still do it in what is it, subterfuge under in darkness, mm-hmm. subversive, I guess.
1: <laughs> I think it came back to my mind the rich man. I just heard a teaching on that, and the teacher mentioned. He asked, you know, he said he wanted a, just a, what, a drop of water or something, you know, for however it's phrased. Um, I can't remember. But he didn't question why he was there. You know, he was in torment. You know, he was knew he was in a bad place, but he didn't question why. So Ahab, I think, knew to a certain extent how he was and why he was doing these things. But I just... Read and wrote actually this morning. I was rereading some, uh, I don't know if it was a prayer or a sermon or something in my um, journal, in my Bible notebook. And I wrote about how if, you know, someone was afraid, then they didn't really know the love of God. And I was struck by that. And then later on, when I was writing and I mentioned, you know, about perfect love casting out all fear. So Ahab didn't really understand or know that perfect love I don't think so you know Jehoshaphat was there but Ahab had to find it for himself and he didn't he didn't want to find it I don't think you know well, he, well, he had the opportunity. Jehoshaphat lived well, it right in front of him but he he didn't
0: he didn't want it. Well all salvation is predicate. Are established in the fact of redemption by way of love, God's love. And so, if you take out that dimension of conscience or guilt, or if you take out that dimension of judgment or the rules of love, then basically you've negated the message of salvation. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that Ahab could not continue that way because it just violated all the rules. It was all selfish. It was about self. Mm -hmm. Which again, I don't know that salvation isn't about anything but self, but once you have that established, it allows you to rightly care for other people.
1: Right.
0: Because there is no fear in love. Mm -hmm. But if you're not hooked into, established, the foundation is a love in all of its splendor and all of its glory... Mm -hmm. With the confidence, though, the rules are still applicable. It's just grace and mercy that seemingly has spared someone from the full brunt of the consequence Mm -hmm. for their selfishness and self-indulgence. Then why would you do it? Again, Jehoshaphat, I don't know. I don't think from what I recall of all the context, context, the contextual scripture around the story, really understood this fully. Mm-hmm. And I can almost say that too with even more confidence because I don't think we understand it fully. and We have Jesus mm-hmm. to see it, right? But at the same time, we have to know, though, that God has those things in order mm-hmm. for a reason and a purpose. And that we're all subject to that, because salvation is a personal decision and Ahab obviously did not take it in that dimension or if he did he was rejecting of the message of love and certainly wasn't even willing to tell Jehoshaphat he was setting him up mm-hmm because of his selfishness. You can say, well, he was so selfish, he didn't even realize how selfish he was. Like, well, yeah, but that only works for kids because when you hit an age of accountability, mm-hmm. it doesn't, even with kids, you can't, I mean, there are no kids anymore because usually that's when we call them adults, but there's no justification for that. Mm-hmm. But it would probably be wrong if Jehoshaphat hadn't have gone out In complete and total faith, as with the glory of God, as with all of the adornment that goes with it. Not material, although he was very blessed materially, but through the adornment. So that it would make, again, a very distinctive message, presentation, picture. Ahab was bankrupt. He just put on the pauper's clothes for the, uh, I guess, the sake of trickery. But the, the real beauty in all that is, it's exactly what he was. Right. And who was it that killed him? <laughs> now, I ask that question as if, because uh, we know, right? We all should get set up. There's all kinds of uh, characters in the Bible. It was just somebody who, I think, randomly shot an arrow. Perchance, they were kind of saying, well, we don't really want to fool with these folks because the king's over here, Mm -hmm. right? And we're going to go after the king. But at the same time, they shot the arrow, and it happened to hit who? Ahab. Ahab. It It went right between his... Yes, and whatever. Whatever rib, or I can't remember exactly Mm -hmm. how it's described, but we knew it was a fatal one Mm -hmm. because it killed him. Now, who shot the arrow? Uh, Somebody. But who was whose justice was being served? It was God's. Mm-hmm. Now, does that necessarily mean then that we should be careful because we don't want to judge it too soon? Right? Because Joseph had remained innocent. But, you know, you can say that. I like that. <laughs> Where, like, ignorance would be bliss. Mm-hmm. What it was it? Where well, ignorance is bliss? What's it? I can't remember the saying. If, you come, if it comes to you, let me know. Um, uh-huh. But we could say that, but I don't think so. I don't think that works in the time that we're in because now we have the mind of God and the mind of Christ. Now we know. But maybe we do know enough to know we shouldn't act until God moves upon us. But we do know enough to read His Word or seek His Word. And we do know enough that the Holy Spirit would inspire us through whatever vessel that is right. that we hear his word to what we should or shouldn't do mm-hmm. and with that we always have to have trust that God is a just God and that there is righteousness but to be able to say no without doing that first is probably as much a sin as Ahab was committing because we're not seeking God the counsel if we do that without seeking God the counsel Without knowing what Jesus has to say, without seeing that word sort of manifest, now living word prophetically in action. And so it's that idea that when Jesus says that in the New Testament, in Luke, that's probably what he means. You know, he doesn't like division in a family any more than we like, at least our initial as Christians, initial thought thought is, we don't want to see the house divided. but, But I do believe, though, that we have to recognize there are times and places when division will come, and God will let us know. And obviously, Jehoshaphat was aware enough of the word that he followed God and was spared. He was the one that got to go home. And didn't have to face the Assyrians, or in doing that had the victory.
1: I was thinking, and I've been—it's been on my mind since you said division about um, the first miracle, the wedding at Cana, and they ran out of wine, and then Mary comes in and wants Jesus to save the day. You know, can you do something? And he didn't just go right along with it at first.
0: He was like, my time has not yet come.
1: No. <laughs> so, I, you know, you don't really see Jesus as like, you know, kind of coming back to his mother, you know, in like the earthly sense, like, you, you know, you'd never think Jesus would, you know, tell somebody no. But he rightly divides. And of course, we know he ended up doing the miracle. But there was a little bit of pushback at the beginning, you know, so God knows. Well, I mean, that's obvious. But God, His plan is so far ahead of our thought processes that we, you know, we don't always understand it. But He's already worked it out through His plans, His divisions. He's already settled it. Um, Jehoshaphat, Ahab, That was going to already be settled, but we didn't know how it's going to go down. We just see the the end story, which we can learn from. And I was thinking about David, you know, how he can, what is it they call it, Monday morning quarterback? You know, I was thinking about if anybody could do that, it would be David, because he, he tried, like Jehoshaphat. But then he really screwed up. And then, you know, he was still seeking God even after that. So... I just I feel like that uh, Jehoshaphat was there for a reason. God had him with Ahab for that season. And
0: with this in mind, at least one additional perspective before we kind of bring some closure to the podcast. The idea, though, is also don't get in the way of God. Mm-hmm. If you see it coming... If you read the so-called writing on the wall, Mm -hmm. as with Daniel, if you know this is the end, then don't go rescue. Don't go back to the king's house. Don't go get involved with liars, cheats, and thieves Mm -hmm. because you're going to then run the risk of becoming part of that judgment. Mm-hmm. And you know how do you say that? Then then you could be part of the judgment? Well, maybe you would fall even deeper into the complicity of it, because if you're <laughs> if you're just an accomplice, you're still considered part of the crime.
1: Right.
0: You can just be an accomplice, the codependency mm-hmm. may actually God may be calling you to be Micah and you may end up becoming then sentinel. Again, I started out with a minor prophet. You know, well, that sounds pretty major to me, right? Mm-hmm. That was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. But I think all of our lives have pretty big deals. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're all one moment at a time, and then when you kind of add them all up, it looks like the big deal. And maybe in the moment, it seems like, well, this is just a small step. There's plenty of. No, yeah. that. <laughs> yes. Every moment is for something. But maybe you're Micah. But if you're Micah, then you need to say it. But don't say it necessarily just out of yourself. Say it out of God in you. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. That's why we do have the ability to see across the divide, so to speak, at least well enough to know we don't want to end up over there. We want to be in the bosom of Abraham, which is Old Testament, but really Jesus was in the bosom of Abraham. I mean, now he's even greater than Abraham, he's greater than Moses, but he is the product. But are we not in that same sort of a way then, called to that same level of awareness, should we not then be able to rightly divide Mm -hmm. and understand?
1: It's like you can't unknow
0: things. You once can try. You, know. you can hire 272 <laughs> accomplices <laughs> yeah, right. to try to... They will agree with you. Yeah. Yes, persons.
1: <laughs> well, I, that's, I thought of that earlier. I was like, well, ignorance is bliss. But once you know, you can't unknow, so then you're held accountable for what you do know. And if you choose to ignore it, that's even worse.
0: <laughs> well, it, the reason I think that, that with that... We're in the light as he is in the light, 1 John chapter 1, and I don't know, the Bible speaks to love throughout, but it does seem like John had the best understanding, the highest order of understanding, probably why he got to write the book of Revelation, Mm -hmm. uh, or at least he was the author of the final book in uh, what we consider to be the Holy Bible. The idea though is is that light is truth. Mm -hmm. You can't say that you're in the light and call God a liar. You can't say that you're in the light and live in darkness. You can't have fellowship with one another, which doesn't mean fellowship like we're all going to get along. It just means, I think, rightly put together. But we are the sword. We use the sword. But God uses us. We are living epistles with that, I believe, that intention in mind. Which doesn't mean, again, that I have a right, like James Bond, I have a license to kill. (laughs) That's not what that means. But what it does mean, though, is is I have a responsibility when I know the truth. Mm -hmm. As your point is, I can't say I don't. Mm -hmm. I can't pretend it away. Mm -hmm. I have to make a decision. What extent or degree do I protest? What extent or degree do I rebel? Now, maybe it is to the cross, but if I do, Jesus will be there. As Simon the Cyrenian or whoever it was that helped carry the cross mm-hmm. for Christ was there to help bear that cross, Jesus will help me carry that cross. But at the same time, though, maybe my protest is just saying, uh, I'm not going to do this again. <laughs> and you know, the old saying, been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where ignorance is bliss, knowledge divine. I've been there, done that. Why would I go back now knowingly so, having learned, said that at the beginning of the podcast too, the difference between right or wrong? Why would I now go back and do something that I know is just wrong? Except God was in me and then... Even as Micah, I'd have to make, I'd have to give my disclaimer disclosures. Let me do that now. Could I do that now? This is a perfect opportunity.
1: You mean Micaiah?
0: Yeah, Micaiah. Who did I say? Micah. No, excuse me, Micaiah. <laughs> okay. The disclaimer and the disclosure, I am not going to lie to you. If you don't want the truth, though, come see me. Don't blast me on Google. You know, I'm gonna tell <laughs> me. you. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you the front end. <laughs> You know, I am, but let me serve notice if I could. You know, you used to do that. If you couldn't serve the, perp- the person with some sort of a legal document or a subpoena or whatever actions that were you know being taken against you, you'd post it in the paper. Right, so that that in a general sort of way everybody would read it and somebody would tell you oh, I saw your name in the paper, they're suing you huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, and they find out well let me do that, let me put this on the tree in the center of town, town square don't come see me don't, 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 don't I don't want to be trashed on social media I do not want Google To write bad reviews, or I'm not going to argue the point for a lot of reasons, confidentiality. I'm just not going. It's not worth it. But somebody out there is going to read that. But hopefully, if you read that, don't read that without knowing he said it. I am not a liar, cheat, and a thief. If you commit to a covenant with me to do something, and you do that, I'll forgive. But don't trash me because you don't want to admit that you were wrong. But that's really Ahab. Ahab was never willing to admit that he was wrong. But isn't that also part of our salvation? We have to confess. Mm-hmm. We're wrong. Not so much even for the other person. Although I like that when people come to me and say they're sorry. I need to do more of that on my side. Because there's an easy, it's easy to get in that defensive posturing. Right. But all salvation, forgiveness is predicated upon. Mm-hmm. I blew it. I was wrong M- M- Micaiah come tell me because I can trust even though you've told me a hundred times tell me 101 if it keeps me out of hell
1: mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: if it spares my life if it gives me the chance to wear the glory of the Lord as with mm-hmm. Jehoshaphat and all that royal garment I want to it'll make me an easy target you think Ahab? but it really doesn't because God always has a hedge of protection. And should I even go down? Because they say, well, you're the king, Jesus. Uh, we're going to crucify you. There's even a greater glory in the resurrection that follows after that. All right. Because I serve a living God. I don't die, I'm resurrected and I'm forgiven. And I don't care if those folks on social media forgive me or not. Mm -hmm. God forgives me. And that's all that matters. It should. At least the first part of it. Now, I should try to make amends with the people around me and don't turn the other cheek, which is what I basically said. But I'm not going to, I'm going to try the best I can to be a person of integrity Mm -hmm. and not move too much off that mark. Because I, mean, I don't know that that's the—I don't know that that doesn't do anything but make me complicit or an accomplice.
1: Mm-hmm. I think of the disciples, um, how they were so different, and they didn't always get along. I mean, there there was strife amongst the very people that God put together. You think I was just thinking about that? How He chose those people, and yet there was fighting amongst them. You know, so that it's going to happen. But I just keep thinking about Peter and what a beautiful picture. You know, he went back to what he knew after Jesus was gone. And, you know, he was a fisherman. So what did he do? He went back to his boat because that's safe and comfortable. And, you know, this is the only thing I know to do. Maybe he felt sorry for himself. You know, I'm going to be a fisherman again. But when he saw Jesus and then, like you said, then there's this forgiveness, but he humbled himself. He went to Christ, and I just love that image of him coming back to Jesus and, you know, just sort of that reconciliation, that moment when they come back together, and you're like, this is the way things are supposed to be. You know,
0: Peter's supposed to be with Jesus. Well, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. I know that that's a proverb. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, and in that, I know that it's Old Testament, but I still think iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. I still think that that's the way that we hone our our sword. And I do believe it has to be a two-edged sword. You said that earlier. It has to be a combination of truth and love. But at the same time, Old Testament, New Testament. But your sword, it's not sharp without some sort of friction, without some sort of whetstone, without something that it comes up against. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't think that God doesn't like us. I mean, if you thought that God was not at least tolerant of contention, you've never read the Bible. Right. If you think the world's going to live in total peace with no contention, you're a fool Mm -hmm. for not having read the Bible. And then... There's no witness or testimony of that. Mm-hmm. None. Not only historically, as with the Bible, but in the, in the world today, there's never been that. Mm-hmm. So contention and disagreement, it's normal. But what it brings about is really the glory of the Lord, which is correction. Mm-hmm. That's just as long as we don't lose sight of what God, who God is, mm-hmm. what the Word of God is, and how that needs to be applied universally. And even though we feel guilty, it's not to our shame, it's to our correction. God does not make us feel guilty. We should be able to do that one into another. I think there's plenty of room for judges in this world. I don't think that there's anything evil about that. But I do believe, though, that the primary judgment needs to be your conscience. Ahab's conscience was seared. Mm-hmm. No matter how many how many times God tried to speak to him through Micaiah, he didn't listen. And even with Jehoshaphat then trying to bring yet another manifestation of love and forgiveness, and Ahab was not going to listen. He was still just all concerned about how he was going to get what he wanted, even if it required him to sacrifice Jehoshaphat. Which... Why would that then all of a sudden be kind of an amazing thing? That Jehoshaphat was a prefigurement of Jesus. All the beauty, all the glory, Mm -hmm. all that was. And I'm not talking material, I'm talking about the love Mm -hmm. that that represented. That's exactly what they did. They crucified. We did. I have to put me in part of that because I'm human. Mm -hmm. But we killed the king. Mm -hmm. We tried to. Didn't work. Right. <laughs> God sent his son to tell us God sent all kinds of people to advise us to warn us but we need to listen and we need to repent mm-hmm.
1: I, I go back to that that division is, and I was thinking a line in the sand you know when the child is disobedient the parent brings back the rule this is the line this is what's appropriate this is what's not appropriate it's not necessarily judgment but it's a division, and it shows us how it's rightly divided—right and wrong—and God speaks to us and
0: tells us that. Well, this is what the counseling sessions like. I mean, I'm, I'm a little feel a little bit more liberty to, and maybe a bit self-righteous to just go ahead and declare it in such the way I did the day on the broadcast. The broadcast, and I would be kind, and I would not be mean in any way to the, the, the person that comes see me but this is what we do we go back and forth mm-hmm. we go back and forth we go back and forth and what do we use as the reference we use the Bible right? and we go back and forth yes the Bible does say this but it does say that what's the Holy Spirit saying to you now <laughs> the Bible does say this but we say that what's the Holy Spirit saying and I'm not saying that I'm the only one that says that mm-hmm. uh, people are amazed when they leave and I say well you know you blessed me today they really are. But I mean that. They brought word with them, as with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. to the counseling session. I said, you've helped me. Hopefully, I've helped you. But you've helped me as much as, as, as I'm hoping to have helped you. Mm-hmm. Now, is it, should it be one-sided? Should it enter into it saying, well, I just need those people come in and make me feel good? <laughs> no, because that's wrong. Right. But doesn't iron sharpen iron? And isn't that just the basic premise? Mm-hmm of how relationships are built constructed, strengthened how the bonding occurs how we join together as one and isn't that also the foundation mm-hmm. not only of the kingdom of God but the kingdom of heaven. It's all predicate relationship. upon of relationship mm-hmm. and materially there's always going to be contentions. We just have to be able to work it out mm-hmm. but we only do so when we first seek the word of God.
1: Mm-hmm. And let it rightly divide. Not our preferences or our um, wants and needs.
0: Yes. And hopefully we can be humble enough to be able to confess it.
1: Right. So that we may be healed. Yes. Confess to each other. And I like that. Yeah. Um, because there is healing. There's iron sharpening iron in that not only do we become better, but we grow together and we learn from each other. You know, we can learn lots of other people if we would just humble ourselves and allow ourselves to be taught.
0: Well, I thought that for some reason last night, one act of humility is greater than 500 acts of judgment. And, and I don't know that, that it would be such without the 500 acts of judgment. I mean, there's, you can't compromise that, and that's the messaging of the whole podcast broadcast. Yeah. But it takes humility to receive mm-hmm. the grace and the mercy. And with that, it takes that attitude of humility to continue to afford people that opportunity to repent. Mm -hmm. But if their hearts become hardened and they're at a point where you know the Word of God shows you this is not the thing you should get into, Mm -hmm. even for the sake or at least the hope of the sake of hoping to save them, redeem them, you only can go so far with them, Mm -hmm. lest you become complicit. An accomplice, And the devil is so good at manipulating us in that way. So, reminding our listeners, they're listening to What is Covenants or Covenants mm-hmm. with uh, Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. Uh, Carolyn, how do they get a hold of you, me, us?
1: Well, you can give me a call at... and we'd love for you to check out our Facebook page. It's on Facebook under Covenants. You can also find our podcast link there, or you can send us an email. We'd love to hear your feedback or even ideas, or if there's a ministry that you know about that you'd like us to highlight, email us at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com.
0: And, and I, again, I get tripping over my words. I don't know that I think faster that my mouth works or I'm so chasing down something that I think I've got the thought, but my mind is like going, like, in, oh, whatever, a million miles an hour. What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry is the podcast. And we are on, what is it, Apple, mm-hmm. Spotify, oh, iTunes, yeah rss.com you can go and find us there they have a list of podcasts and uh, with that then sometimes it comes in our mouth you're listening to what is covenants but it really is covenants but that's only the broadcast Mm -hmm. and certainly the name of the ministry the Pastoral Care Services. So, uh, listeners, if you happen to love podcasts, you can probably find us under What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. And just kind of as a side note, there's also Word <laughs> with Dr. Michael David Clay, which is kind of more of a secular version of all of this, but hopefully it appeals to folks who are more psychologically, humanistically minded. Are
1: you doing a plug for your well, on just, podcast on my podcast? I
0: cross-referencing... <laughs>
1: But That's okay.
0: but however you get us, listen to us. I would want you to please, if you enjoy it, uh, try to make it back. Uh, it's why we're here, uh, and we do enjoy the thought that we're helping people. And uh, of course, now that you know where we are, whether it's the uh, the Facebook page, the podcast, WMM broadcast, uh, you have no reason, Carolyn. They have no reason. They can't come and in- back. At least on the broadcast side of us and of it, and join us next week at the same time. Yes, and do. we post these podcasts weekly too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, we'd love to. Um, you know, know our listeners are out there. That's encouraging to us, and that's what we're about is encouraging each other.
0: So on that note, we're going to sign off for today, and uh, look forward to uh, getting together again. Thanks.